When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. method of business would persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. The NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades. While the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes Way before it gets too late Now one man There's no way you can Hit the street lights running Don't give a damn A simple explanation That you'll never find Sinners never sacrifice and the Pharaoh present uh, This Week in Wrestling. Uh, my partner's a little under the weather, so we're going to be flying with me solo for the uh, duration of this wonderful weekly program that we provide you awesome wrestling fans out there. So why don't we just have at it? Let's give this a shot. Uh, WWE ratings surge while AEW ratings soften. Well... That's shocking. AEW Dynamite viewership was down 4%. I wonder where those four people went. From last week, drawing 938,000 viewers for a broadcast headline by Chris Jericho vs. Wheeler, Utah. In addition to the acclaimed vs. the Gun Club in a tag team dumpster match. How exciting. AEW uh, Dynamite garnered a 0.32 rating in the 18-49 to 49 demo. AEW Dynamite, however, was number one on cable. So what are they bitching about? All right. Uh, Dynamite's viewership slide, uh, you know, it is a slide one way or the other, and it caps off a rough week of uh, ratings news for AEW after the struggling rampage. Uh, my personal uh, 
not-so-favored show as far as wrestling uh, choices out there. It drew a scary low of 375,000 viewers. Yes, folks, Monty and the Pharaoh was quickly uh, getting right up by Tony Khan's asshole. Um, Rampage numbers were down 12%, and uh, the rating in the 18 to 49 uh, represents its lowest rating in that show's particular history. Uh, Dynamite has had just two shows draw over 1 million viewers since March 23, 2022. Well, I think it's, it's almost kind of obvious, at least to someone who's not uh, you know, blindly pro-AEW, that when you're featuring these sorts of matches, uh, you're not dealing with truly commercialized. And, yeah, there is a factor here to commercialization. I mean... Uh, Wheeler, Utah is not going to get you 2 million views. Uh, this is obviously a philosophical thing with uh, Tony Khan. He's Mr. Independent Mark Guy, so this is what you're going to get. But what really makes me laugh, though, is as far as Dynamite in general goes, and I find this hilarious, the independent folks out there, the I hate WWE, I hate Vince McMahon, well, he's gone now. Now you're really in trouble because guess what? We'll get to that in a second. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of obvious to me that when your main event scene is Chris Jericho versus John Moxley uh, with CM Punk, you know, holding the belt off to the side, and this is interim stuff, you're going to tell me with a straight face that this is, like, let's say these three guys were in WWE currently. You wouldn't be screaming for the up-and-coming stars to get their spot that Chris Jericho has passed his prime? It's, if he was working at WWE... There would be people screaming about this. Oh, he shouldn't be champion. He's, what is he, 50? He's almost 50. And then John Moxley, uh, he's already had his day. So why are they able to have their day somewhere else? Just because they didn't get along with Vince or because you don't like Vince out there? Well, you don't have Vince to uh, hate on anymore, do you? Now you're going to get what you asked for. You're going to get the age-old tale of one guy who owns a company and is not a wrestler is not an experienced family-inherited wrestling business. You're going to have a fan versus a wrestler who is in the family and knows uh, about uh, the business. Uh, you guys are screwed. You asked for it, you're going to get it. And here's the best part. Triple H not only understands all the things about wrestling that you love, not only does he understand those things, because uh, anybody can say NXT, especially during the time he was running it, but he also understands entertainment. This is the leader of D-Generation X, and he's got two words for you. You guys are done. You don't see it yet, but I do. It's coming. Yeah, this is what you've been asking for. Get rid of the old Vince McMahon. What does he know anyway? Not that he knew plenty, obviously over all these years. He knew plenty. He knew how to stay on top and keep everybody far, far away from him as far as competition. And that's just too bad for everyone who hates him, but those are facts. And now you've got exactly what I hoped for. You've got Triple H and, of course, Stephanie McMahon. It stays in the family. They understand the business. Triple H understands wrestling like few do, quite honestly. And it, this couldn't be better. I'm psyched. I think that this is a great time and will continue to be a great time for the WWE, while some people would love to call that their death, their death blow with Vince. You don't seem to understand. This is exactly what had to happen, and it did happen. And now you're going to have to deal with it. Remember I said it. It's going to happen. 
Meanwhile, SummerSlam was fantastic. And if anybody was worried about Triple H, uh, you know, not presenting wrestling matches, that's uh, we saw a whole bunch of them on Monday Night Raw. That is for shit sure. And if anybody was thinking that Triple H isn't going to remember the E in entertainment, I think I saw the ring lopsided on Sunday at SummerSlam. That was uh, that was pretty entertaining, Mr. Lesnar and Mr. Reigns. How do we how do we conclude a, a war that's gone on forever and some people claim to be bored of? Oh, give them this. That was an A, an A. SummerSlam was fantastic, but let's uh, take a look at WWE Raw. This is not easy to say. WWE Raw results. Hey, I did it. Okay, let's recap some of this uh, for those folks. Uh, who never thought that they would ever see some of these uh, folks getting pushes. Well, Triple H has been back for a couple of days. We have Bailey coming out, which was great because I haven't seen her in about a year now. And uh, Bailey was amazing when she left. Uh, she had, of course, for several years early in her career, been that lovable, huggable, good guy I couldn't stand. But then she, of course, became this fantastic villain. Always great in the ring. So now, to me, she's the total, total presentation. She's fantastic. She comes up out of nowhere. And out with her come Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai wasn't even on the roster. What's going on here? Dakota Kai is here? you you got to know that Triple H is involved in this. You, 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 can, you can feel his fingerprints already. Not only is Bailey's return relevant, but Bailey is now going to make these two relevant. This is, this is just good. This is what Triple H does. You know, and it's not like Vince McMahon never did this either. So let's not like not get carried away here. Obviously, Vince McMahon was great at growing plenty of characters. And if you don't believe me, go back and like you know, suffer the consequences of of looking at the facts because there's so many stars Vince McMahon has grown. But this is exciting, you know, and this should appease a lot of those folks who do nothing but whining and complain about you know we're not giving people a chance. Well, they're they got a major major. How do you do? We're here and we're with Bailey. So that should be fantastic. I don't sense that Bailey will uh, go into a mid-card situation or that they'll take this and not follow through with this. I feel like they will. All righty, then we move on. AJ Styles, and here's another thing, another proof that perhaps Triple H is giving somebody another shot. Mustafa Ali, AJ Styles, and The Miz obviously had uh, a little match there uh, to uh, see who gets their shot at the United States Championship. Uh, this was one of two matches, of course, over the course of the night. Uh, AJ Styles, of course, wins this match. You know, I, I still don't understand why people think that Mustafa Ali is, is so engaging. I don't see it. I know that he has stuck up for himself and bitched and all this other stuff. I don't find him that entertaining, and I don't find him that earth-shattering. Uh, but apparently, it looks like he may get another shot. At least he was involved in a match of some importance. I don't know where Triple H will take it with him. Uh, there's a guy who needs a faction. I mean, and in a way, it's almost sad that so many guys need factions or managers or whatever. But Mustafa Ali needs to build some sort of little group of his own, and they've tried that before. So I really don't know if Triple H being around will necessarily translate to Mustafa Ali being... You know, the next greatest thing since sliced bread. Wow, I'm showing my age. Sliced bread. What's so great about sliced bread? Anyway, all right, we move on. We've also had Seth Rollins versus the uh, most recently very beefed up Montez Ford. Uh, Rollins, of course, gets this win as he should. Uh, I do believe it was with the stomp. Um, Dawkins comes out and, you know, saves Ford from taking any more beatings from Rollins afterwards. Seth Rollins is great. 
Okay, let's just let's just face it. Seth Rollins is absolutely fantastic. He's the Joker of the WWE. Um, for those who always say, you know, who did Vince grow? Well, we have Roman Reigns and and Seth Rollins and and that guy over in AEW, that Moxley guy. Yeah, that that was grown by Vince, whether you like it or not. It's just a fact. Uh, Seth Rollins, absolutely amazing. Love him. Montez Ford is going to be getting a push. It's pretty obvious. I don't know how they're going to break up him and Dawkins. I'm really not sure. Um, I feel like Dawkins has the potential to unfortunately wind up being, and I hate this term, but it's been used. So, you know, forgive me, uh, Mr. Gennetti, but basically Dawkins, you know, could wind up being a Marty Gennetti in this situation. I'm not sure what they would do with him when he's not with Montez Ford. Uh... I do sense Montez Ford turning on Dawkins and uh, Montez becoming... Then again, maybe not. Montez has kind of like been pushing, you know, his agenda a little bit lately. Maybe Dawkins will resent that. Maybe Dawkins will attack him. The fact that I'm guessing about it, good job with the scripts. You're supposed to do that. That's what a viewer wants to do. He wants to, you know, go, hey, what? I wonder what's going to happen with this. And in this case... Splendid example. I do wonder what's going to happen with this. I think Montez Ford could potentially be a pretty big star now that his physique has changed. And yes, I sound like Vince McMahon and even Triple H when I say this. I always felt he was a little slim uh, to be taken seriously in in the heavyweight category. Uh, Size does matter to this wrestling fan uh, for the most part. You know, I can buy into a Punk or a Brian, however. It depends on the aura and the impact of their presentation. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how far Montez Ford will go or if he could just, you know, he's a great talker, so he may not need a mouthpiece. I'd like to see him hook up with his wife as far as a on-screen villainous duo, but his wife is so damn popular, Bianca Belair, I don't think that they'll do it, you know. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, we move on in the card, uh, Tommaso Ciampa defeating Chad Gable and Dolph Ziggler. By the way, what a matchup this is! Hey, AEW guys, you watching this? Isn't this what you want to see? These are three fantastic wrestlers, all different from each other in in really special ways. I mean, another great, great match. And Champa wins. So you got to like that. I mean, I've always been a Champa fan. I was a Champa fan in in ROH. I was a Champa fan in NXT. Always been a Champa fan. Okay, so you have him advancing, so he's going to, we'll get to that in a minute, but he's going to wind up facing AJ to see who gets it, the U.S. champ, Bobby Lashley. Excellent matchup, and yay for Champa. Got to love it. All right, now Edge comes out. Okay, here he is, the Hall of Famer, Edge, to cut a promo vowing to end the Judgment Day. Here's my problem, folks. Uh, The way the Judgment Day has been booked, I don't think he has to end them. I think the booking has ended them already. What did they win? They never, they never seem to get the upper hand on anything. They might get a beatdown, but when it comes to the, the big match, they, I haven't seen them do shit. So I'm really not sure what this is. If Edge comes in and, and ends the Judgment Day, then he's ending something that never even got off the ground. On top of it, this better lead to an Edge-Finn Balor like program of some kind because that's what we really want to see. And if I know Triple H... At least I think I understand how Triple H's mind works. It it may come time for Edge to put over Finn Balor. Do I think it'll happen? Nah. Is it possible that it could happen or should happen? Well, maybe it should happen. I don't know. You know, I feel like Finn Balor, since he was the very first Universal Champion, has really never gotten that momentum back. 
And I know at the time it was because he was very hurt. I haven't seen him have that issue on it to such extreme sense. So what are we doing with Finn Balor? Is he just permanently Dolph Ziggler? Is that the deal? I guess we're going to find out because it's at some point I would like this to result with Balor and Edge going at it for a while. But if Edge wins this feud and, and, and ends the Judgment Day, it's not like they ever really got started anyway, which is almost a shame. But it's almost the feeling I've had about this gimmick since I saw it. It's, it wasn't Edge as the leader. It wasn't Finn as the leader. I'm just not sure if Rhea Ripley is properly placed or gets enough to do in this group. And uh, Damian Priest always gives me a weird feeling. I can't put my finger on it. I am not sure what it is about Damian Priest. But there's something lacking or something missing. And they just... Don't ever seem to follow through with him. He's like a tease on the card. You're not sure if he's going to get put over or not. He kind of does, and then he kind of doesn't. That kind of booking, we all hate. So, to be determined as far as Edge and the Judgment Day goes. All right, finally, we have the final uh, thing here as far as Champa goes. Champa uh, goes on, Tommaso Champa goes, oh, he's not Tommaso, I'm sorry. Champa goes on and defeats AJ Styles via pinfall with the fairy tale ending. Uh, of course, you had Miz interfering uh, several times because that's what the Miz does. Uh, he allowed Champa to, you know, secure the win and get the shot against Bobby Lashley, uh, you know, for next week's episode of Raw. You gotta like this. This makes you want to tune in next week. This is a very interesting matchup. Can Tommaso? Cha- oh, there I go again. Can Champa defeat Bobby Lashley? Here's what's weird. I don't think he should. I think he should do really, really well. Come within a whisker. But I'm not sure that we should take that United States title off Bobby Lashley at the given moment. I have a bunch of different reasons for this, but he's actually giving credence to that belt. He's making that belt worth a damn. And the United States title, when I was growing up, was more than worth a damn. It was, it was the second most important title in the NWA. If you weren't the world champion, you were the United States champion. That belt was held by Ric Flair. That belt was held by so many. Greg Valentine, my lord, dude, was he great with that belt. That belt was very, very important. Uh, it has not been important, for, you know, for a very, very long time. It was made important again by John Cena when he was United States champion with his weekly, you know, open challenges. That was fantastic. Once again, here's the parallel. John Cena made it relevant because you have a main event type guy, which is what the belt was held by in the old days. Main event type guys, whether it was Valentine or Flair or whoever it was, main event type guys. Bobby Lashley is a main event type guy. A big-timer who is adding glisten to that belt. You do not, I do not think you should take it off him. I think that he should continue to hold it. And how interesting would it be, not that it would ever happen, but if you really want to get that belt elevated, everybody still wants to see Lashley and Lesnar a little bit more. Could you imagine if Brock Lesnar at this point decides to start a program with Bobby Lashley for the United States title on top of what Roman Reigns is doing with the World Heavyweight title picture? This is get, that's getting interesting. And I'd like to see them do that with the Intercontinental title, too. There's no reason why those belts shouldn't be held by guys who can really do something for the belt. This way, in the future, once the belt is reestablished as meaningful, some of the up-and-comers who grab it, give them respectable reigns. You've regained the respect of the belt, and you've allowed the talent that's coming up to get their own respect. It's almost, it's, it's almost too perfect. All right, last one for the evening. Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match. You know, this was, again, with the wrestling. Lots of wrestling on this card. You got, what are you complaining about out there, folks? You wanted it. 
you're going to get it. We got Triple H doing this, too. We got the Usos versus the Mysterios. The Usos, of course, the defending champions versus the Mysterios. And, of course, the Usos retain the titles. And, once again, this also has some intrigue. You have the Judgment Day attacking the Mysterios until Edge comes running out to the ring to fight off Balor and Priest. Before Edge can hit Balor with a spear, Rhea Ripley shows up and shoves Dominic in the way, causing him to take the impact. You know, I wonder when it's going to happen. You know that Dominic is going to somehow turn on his father. Again, we don't know, but this is what we look forward to every week. We want intrigue. We want to wonder what's going to happen next week. That's called must-see television. And I really feel, especially coming off of SummerSlam and coming off of Raw this week, we're in good shape. And if you're a wrestling fan, enjoy all the companies. Enjoy your AEW, but don't begrudgingly, you know, blindly hate on WWE. And I'm sure there's plenty of you who don't. I actually don't hate on AEW. I just call it like it is when I see people trying to take apart something that is quite well solidly put together. So just when you thought that the WWE was going to implode because the, the mighty Vince is gone, careful what you wish for, folks. Be careful what you wish for, uh... You've been watching This Week in Wrestling. This is Jimmy Farrell, and on behalf of Mr. Michael Monty, we will see you next week in wrestling. Later.